Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. This is episode 16, and uh, I'm here with Philip, and he's got us a guest to intro. Yeah. So I would like to welcome into the uh, the co-op partner Hall of Fame, Ray Stenegas. Is that right? Stenegas? No, it's Stekanus. Stekanus, that's it. Okay, excuse me. Ray Stekanus. Oh my God. Ray Stekanus. So he is a fellow podcaster in the field with three notable current current running pods all three are currently running that is correct yes. he's got a who would win which i didn't get a chance to listen to that one but it sounds like a judge contest of who would win most likely from pop culture right that's right that's two fictional characters and we posit what if they got into a fight against each other so a fairly recent episode we did he-man versus kratos from the god of war game we've done crazy matches like muppets versus sesame street We've done Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant. We've done, you know, Batman versus uh, Yoda. I mean, look, we'll put them all out <laughs> there. We gotta, we gotta take a look. I listened yeah. to that one with Kratos and He Man, and it got me fired up. I, I'm gonna be honest. I was on team. I was on team Kratos all the way, and he was starting to sway me into He Man. And then all of a sudden, what were you saying? You were saying that when he moved the moon, it, it destroyed the the planet or something like that. And I was <laughs> like, right. I was like, Kratos would destroy the planet on purpose. <laughs> I don't. I mean, that's I don't know true. Kratos would not care. Don't worry about that. I'm not going to make that point for my opponent. You know, James Gabsey, my partner on the show, made this great point. That He-Man once uh, needed to change the tides, so he flew in his uh, spaceship thing up to the moon and shoved the moon out of orbit to change the tides to help these miners who had a flooded mine. And I pointed out that in doing that, he would create tsunamis and hurricanes on the other side of Eternia, murdering millions of people. So maybe he doesn't always think through his actions. (laughs) Oh, Prince Adam, which leads right into um, your other two pods. My three dads and knowing is half the podcast. That's right. Which is God, I have a, a lot reference. of podcasts. That doesn't yeah. feel right. <laughs> There's so many of them. Leads right into GI Joe. Yes, which, that was my first experience with you. I was just scrolling through Red Circle through the uh, you know cross promotion, seeing what else was out there, and I saw one knowing is half the podcast, and I'm like, hold on a second, is this a is this a GI Joe reference? I was really into GI Joes when I was a a wee tot, and I had my little like GI Joe cargo plane. Model after a semi C130, which I ended up working on as a mechanic these days. Mm. So, like, I'm like, this is what a Paul. I know, like, it goes all That's the way great. back. Yeah, so the Knowing is Half the Podcast started as just a G.I. Joe recap show. We started with the original Sunbow era 1980s G.I. Joe, the two original miniseries, uh, followed by the Pyramid of Darkness miniseries, followed by seasons one and two of the Sunbow era. And we were like, well, that'll be fun. Uh, I'm a huge G.I. Joe fan going back to when I was a kid. I loved the cartoons. I had all the figures, the airplanes, some were at my parents' house. I think they still have boxes of airplanes and vehicles and toys that I someday would love to get back. because of the nostalgia factor, if nothing else. Not that I have room for them anywhere, but don't worry about that. But we decided to do it, and then once we got to doing it, we're like, hey, this is fun. We genuinely like each other. We enjoy podcasting together. So then we found out there's a ton more G.I. Joe series. The Deke era, we're currently doing G.I. Joe Extreme, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a better show than you would think it would be, given it was mid-90s and, you know, extreme. 
but also we watch <laughs> other 80s and 90s cartoons to relive our nostalgia. So we'll watch, you know, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. We've watched Transformers. We've even done some good shows, like not that Transformers isn't good, but we did like a Batman, the animated series, the X-Men animated series. But we also like to watch a lot of crap. We watch the kids songs, <laughs> which is a live action. It's not a cartoon, so we cheated slightly, but it's for kids. And it's what if kids took over a TV station and did all the work and, and then made their own music videos. And what it, so it's basically like, what if MTV was run by 10 year olds? And it's a mess, it turns out. It is a truly terrifying <laughs> oh, no. experience to watch. That's awesome. Which I was listening to Knowing is Half the Podcast, and I heard a couple reference to the games, like just video games. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know, these guys are gamers. Maybe I can reach out to this guy. Maybe he has a feeling about co op games. And then it Boy, turns didn't, out you didn't even know it. No, I wasn't. I didn't know you were like background in gaming, which if I bring up your real world, you know, slave job of QA <laughs> testing. I've been a QA dev tester now. Uh, what has it been? We're going to be about almost five years now. I think just over four years at this point uh, working in the world of video games. I was in the world of gaming before that, but that was different kind of gaming. Uh, so I've worked at uh, what Square Enix. I've worked at Infinity Ward and I've worked at Respawn Entertainment. Uh, notably for this show, uh, for Infinity Ward, I was the co-op co-lead for QA for uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019. So all that cool co-op stuff that came in there. Um, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say uh, about the process, but I'll just say where we started and where we ended up ended up kind of two different things. And it was fascinating following that train, riding that ride to see the, how the worlds of games develop to to become what it became and how we got there you know it it was really wild to see you know what had to get changed what had to get scaled back uh what stuff got thrown out you know with two months before the game came out and then completely redone from scratch don't worry about all that the thing is it it is a fun (laughs) experience and it's if i remember correctly it's been a little bit since i played it obviously maybe not obviously but to me uh and uh, it's it's very hard that's what i remember is getting through those missions is pretty tough it just means that the co-op podcast nature of ours is match made in heaven for that yeah absolutely yeah. i would say like if you all haven't given it a try yet please do and if you feel like checking out the credits of modern warfare 2019 you will find my name in there how exciting in one of the uh, thousands and thousands of names that go into a one call of duty title yes uh, there's a lot of people who work on these games, it turns out. Yeah, it turns out they're big deals, of, you know. Yeah, yeah. Who, well, who do this massive franchise employed so many people? Uh, speaking of, like, uh, your three podcasts, who would win? I definitely felt some passion when I was at work today listening to all of nice, that. I think I good. mentioned before. And um, it got me thinking just recently, by some sheer luck, there was there were, like, arguments on Twitter randomly over who would win between Kratos and the Doom Slayer. I don't know if you guys sure. had anything to do with this. It, it uh, just happened to be Kratos also. But I was like, I wonder what, if you had any ideas. Like, Because the Doom Slayer is, is the new Doom guy, not the original Doom guys. I don't know how much you know about uh, Doom 2016 and Eternal. I actually know quite a lot. Uh, what killed me about it is we, I've actually been looking at doing Doom Guy maybe for an upcoming show. So it's sort of in the back of my mind as somebody I'd like to use. So I've been doing a little bit of research on him to get myself prepared for if I can actually put it through because that's how we do things. Um, the way that they've described it is Doom Guy, Doom Slayer, they say it's the same guy despite the fact that there's a hundred years in between. For whatever reason, the people who made the games, and this is my little nugget of, of, of knowledge, I guess, 
is you would think that, yes, because there's 100 years plus in between 2016 and the games that came before it, obviously these are two different people. Nuh-uh, say the people of Doom. <laughs> they say he fell, got stuck in a sarcophagus under a big old pile of rocks, and he just was there, and then he either got revived or he just was waiting the whole time to get let out. Who knows? They claim that the new Doom 2016 Doom Eternal character is the same guy. So one cool thing is if we do end up using Doom Guy, Doom Slayer for a future episode of Who Would Win, which I would like to do. I'm going to put on the record right now. It's the same guy. So you could use all the different games to uh, to make oh, your geez. points. And that makes life a lot more fun. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I am, I do imagine him just being under the rubble, just waiting, because in my head, the way I was thinking about the fight was uh, Kratos being a guy too angry to let death stop him, and then True. Doom Guy being a guy who's too angry to die. So. True. These are two of, two of the angriest characters maybe in modern fiction, quite honestly. Yeah, and and I was of course I was like okay obviously Kratos wins right because of Zeus and everything but then the more I saw the arguments it's like well Doom guys also killed like basically God and the devil mm-hmm. and Doom guy has guns has Kratos ever fought a gun and I'm like I guess Kratos hasn't ever fought a gun huh <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what would happen like he's got a lot of guns he's got laser guns I'm like well maybe it swayed me definitely I was like it's a, I don't it's a tough battle those are two godlike characters. Uh, you know, and they're both obviously power fantasies for the players. And so it's, I don't even know because there are, so I would have to hear the arguments quite frankly. Uh, okay. Instead of doing this show, you two go for it. You do Kratos, you do <laughs> doom guy. I'll listen. And then we'll just do it. Go. No, We're just I'm doing kidding. the taking over your old podcast. Just doing a who would win. That's fine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I don't think we should dive into that because I don't know if you know, but this is a co-op gaming podcast. Oh, I'm highly aware. Yes. I love co-op gaming. <laughs> awesome. So we have a question we like to ask our guests whenever we have them on, which is a notable co-op memory. I've got several. I mean, the, 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 I've got two that come to mind. And one, uh, executive VP of Who Would Win, Mr. Brent Pope, uh, and myself used to play Far Cry 3 co-op missions together uh, all the time until I got frustrated and stopped playing with him because I am a professional video game player to a certain degree, and he is not. So... <laughs> It was often like me just trying to drag him through every single level. But the problem is if he dies, we both lose. So there was one big memory for me of Far Cry 3. We have to go through a cave and the cave's got all these boxes and rocks in the middle of it. And there's enemies all over. And one of you is supposed to go up on a ridge and snipe down and call out to the other player to go uh, through the little maze. And then the other person blasts his way through and tries to stay alive. Cool. So I said, okay, I'll just snipe all the enemies, Brent, and you just run through and just don't die. And we tried that like seven, eight times, and he just kept dying over and over again. And I'm just like, just don't move. I don't know how much easier (laughs) I can make this. I'm killing everybody. I just need time to do it. And we just, so I said, let's trade trade roles. Look, I'll be on the ground. I won't die. You be the sniper up in the sniper's roost. This will be fine. You don't even have to kill anybody. I'll run through getting everybody. I can do this. So we do that. And all of a sudden I look as I get halfway through the map and he's standing next to me. And I say, how did you do that? He's like, oh, I just came down. (laughs) It's like, no, you stay in the sniper. And I, I don't know if he was trolling me. I don't know what the deal was. And then he died later. He died in the sniper's nest. And I don't even know how you even do that. Anyway, it was very frustrating. We did a few missions and I said, thank you for your time. I think I am done here. Um, but another we memory have I have just is like that. another great co-op game, Resident Evil 5, uh, which oh, yeah. I played all the way through with a friend. And there's just so many wonderful memories of you guys will know the part I'm talking about where one of you has the hand crank 
and the other one has the drawbridge that comes up, and then you have to hold the thing and keep twisting it until the person's across the way, and then you let go because <laughs> you're being attacked at the same time. And the number of times when I needed my partner to just pull that crank and vice versa for the record, and you think the person's across, but you don't have a lot of time, so you're trying to cheat it just slightly, yeah. and you let go of the crank just before they leave the bridge and they fall down anyway and die. And doing that, again, like six, seven times in a row will never not be hilarious. I was just going to say, I was thinking of the first the first memory in Far Cry. There's a part like that in Gears of War 1 that I probably in the last like two years just recently went through on the Ultimate Edition on like the hardest difficulty where it's not really like a sniper. It's like a, a bridge that goes over and then goes under. And you, and so you're constantly getting hit by crossfire and they have laser vision on oh the gosh. hardest difficulty. It's those moments where in the first game, the mechanics weren't so great. So you're like, you're like in cover, but you're still getting shot. And so oh. you're just desperately trying to not die. There's uh, nothing worse than dying to mechanics. That is not okay. It's not okay. No, they worked it out in the next five games, six there games. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you can only hope so what games have you been playing boys let's start with you nave mm. i'm playing dragon quest 11 still it's the game that never ends i think i'm close to the end but every time i get there it's like something bigger and badder shows up so i really really not want to talk, talk about it but I, i've been playing a lot of skate recently i've just randomly been seeing uh clips on twitter and it just really got me into thinking because i was never good at those games i always was a tony hawks pro skater kid so I've been trying to do as much as I can, but that game is incredibly frustrating. Like you said, you don't like <laughs> dying to mechanics. I don't understand. I think I'm doing something wrong, but like sometimes you ollie like three feet in the air and sometimes you ollie a millimeter and then just collide with the rail. And, you're, and I'm just like, <laughs> I don't understand what the difference is, but um, I'm getting I'm getting a little bit better. I, I would like to think. Nice. I remember us playing uh, a lot of skate. Yeah, I well, I looked at the achievements and it's like I barely did anything in the story, but I have the achievement for 50 online plays and getting yeah, the highest rank. Playing it, and yeah. I'm just like, dude, <laughs> we played so much skate, just doing nothing, and I just I would like do a kickflip and I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> there it yeah. is. All right, Ray, what about you? What have you been playing? Oh, I'm deep into the Mass Effect remaster right now. Oh god, uh, another having one. a good time with it. I, like I played it when it all first came out. You know, uh, I actually got the privilege being out here in Los Angeles of going to the Mass Effect three game launch GameStop party that they had where they invited like a whole bunch of the voice actors and people who worked on the game to come out and, and meet everybody. So that was Holy a real, shit. a real thrill kind of, you know, meeting a whole bunch of these people meeting, you know, Jennifer Hale and Courtney Taylor and, and a handful of these other uh, wonderful, impressive voice actors uh, and kind of seeing that world from the other side. And I'm just at the end of mass effect one. I'm right at the end. I'm about to go get Saren. We just had the romance scene that happens, which means in a mass effect game, if you have the romance scene, you know, you got about an hour to go in the game. Like that's yeah. it. Like we're, we're on the final end game right here as uh, Dr. Strange would say. And so we're going to finish that. And then I don't know if I'm going to take a break, play something else and come back for mass effect two, or just launch right into it again. Uh, there's another game I just found on Xbox game pass. It's called last stop. And I'm a big mm -hmm. fan of story games. I'm a big fan of, you know, the Telltale games, uh, the game we're going to talk about a little bit later, the, the Dark Pictures anthology games. Last Stop seemed to be of that vein, so I played about a half hour of it, and it's a, it's like a, it, everyone's British, and you run around and you have dialogue <laughs> options, and it's real weird kind of Twilight zone -y with, like, weird shadow people and, like, portals and not really knowing what's going on. And, and it's just, it's really, it's been a trip so far and I think I'm going to keep going with it. So if you like kind of weird story based games, uh, kind of an indie feel as well, uh, it's free on game pass right now. Check out last stop. 
Nice. Um, and then the other thing I would mention is I'm just very excited for Back for Blood. Uh, I, I, I'm look. I'm a huge Left for Dead fan. I'm sure you guys are as well. It would be shocking to me to hear people on a co-op podcast like I don't know what Left for Dead is at all. What is that game? Not likely. Seriously. So, yeah. but Back for Blood <laughs> being the same, the same soul. You know, bringing back the same ideas. Essentially, just doing this again, but with modern tech. I'm here for it. Like that should be a blast. 100. Like we've talked about Back for Blood. I think every podcast since last E3. Oh, I bet. Like we've, we've also we talked just... about Mass Effect every podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I gagged at that one because this guy, he's like, all right, I'm halfway through Mass Effect 1. And it's like, it's been three months. <laughs> just, just beat well, yep. the game already. Which, speaking of that, someone brought it to my attention. Have you ever heard of Mark Vanderloo, the fucking male model? It's the guy oh, yeah. who they, they modeled Shep, male Shep's default face after. Correct. And if you look it up, the male model just images it is just the same thing it is the exact same guy it's really? so jarring like yeah close? it's Default exactly is a real human being who's a real good looking <laughs> model who yeah. can like if you paid him enough he could come to your house and hang out with you i assume so if that's what you're into you know give give the man a give the man a ring yeah unfortunately he doesn't sound like mel shepherd but oh, <laughs> nothing at all no you can't have it all though yeah, yeah that's right it's the same. It's the same thing with Alan Wake, right? You know, because the actor is like, I believe, a Danish actor, but then there's an American vocal performer who's wonderful who does the voice for him. So you can't get it all in video games. Don't even. Which lie. is that's an amazing segue into the games that we're about to talk about because they actually are the actor. Like, especially if you look at mm -hmm. the main character, I think there's always one character who is like an actual bona fide actor that you see on movies, and it's really cool to see that. Especially like Until Dawn, the the game previous to this, that was a PlayStation exclusive. Mm -hmm. I can't remember any of their names because I don't really watch movies. But well, you got I mean Until Dawn, you know the super massive people, the people who made the Dark Pictures anthology. Until Dawn stars Rami Malek of Mr. Robot fame. Didn't he just win an Oscar? Pretty good. Mm. Should have won an I know award him. for Until Dawn. Uh, you got the guy who the played. You got, you, got, you got the guy who played Ward uh, from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, playing a high school kid or whatever, a teenager or whatever, a young college kid, which is kind of hilarious. And then you've got Hayden Panettiere from Heroes, the cheerleader from Heroes. Look, Until Dawn had a ton of very, very wonderful performances in it. And I got most of them killed the first time I played through the game. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Much like I did in uh, Man of Medan or uh, uh, Little Hope. I did a very bad job, uh, it turns out, keeping people alive. And then, as you said, the guy, what's his name, who plays Iceman? He's also in Quantum Break. And the I'm completely blanking mm. on his name right now. But that's the one of the actors uh, from Mad of Med. And he's sort of like, he's going to carry the torch for this game. Oh, he's also in The Boys. How good was he as the, what is it, the, the torchbearer in The Boys? Oh, my God. Lamp, Lamplighter, <laughs> that was his name. Lamplighter in The Boys. Wonderful. Uh, Sean Ashmore, that's his name. And he is uh, absolutely a fantastic actor and, and does a wonderful job kind of playing a little bit of a jerk in Man of Medan. I'll say I enjoyed him thoroughly. Yeah. Which is he the rich boy? Yes. OK, I thought so. OK, so <laughs> well, go ahead. Let me see. Uh, I was about to ask if we were going to go into a break. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then the music plays. So, Nave, do you like spooky games? Uh, yeah, I wish I I wish they made me scared like they did when I was a kid, but I'm a big fan of horror games. Wait, these games didn't scare you any? No, but the best part about it is since their co-op, we'll get into it. Like since they're five, basically five player local co-op, everyone around me were basically casual players and they're jumping at every single jump scare. And I'm just like living vicariously through them. I'm like, yeah, this is this is sweet. Well, I feel like you're flexing on me. Literally, like I was playing this game. I was playing uh, Man of Madon earlier today. 
and I had my 14 year old daughter sitting next to me and a jump scare happened. And I literally went, ah! <laughs> and she's like, dad, you scream like a little girl, but you talk like a man. And I'm like, stop being weird. I'm playing a game. <laughs> okay. No, but this, yeah, this holds up. This holds up. No, I, I played co-op with my, uh, again, my far cry three partner, Brent Pope, uh, because these games are more of his speed as you don't need to have these like quick twitch reflexes a lot of the time in order to do things. You'll need to do some actions and stuff, but he does mess a lot of those up. I'll throw him under the bus. Um, but I'll always, I'll, I'll, here's the deal. He screws up more times with this, with the QTEs, but I screw up when it's most important. So when we played man <laughs> of Medin, we, three of the five characters died on our playthrough. Weirdly enough, all three men died. So we got an achievement for that hilariously. Um, and all three men who died were because I screwed up a QTE and those are the only three QTEs <laughs> I screwed up in the entire game. But each time I messed up was with life or death on the line. It was very, so he gets to troll me about that now. Oh, I thought you were good at games. Why are you getting everybody killed? The best part is whenever you have the heartbeat sections mm -hmm. where you have to time the buttons with it, I immediately see the A button and press it, and it yes. immediately fail every single uh -oh. time. <laughs> You've just described again how Brent Pope, uh, I'm going to keep throwing him under the bus, how he plays this game. Oh, it's an A button, A, and then a heartbeat's yeah. done, and we're, now we're running from a guy with a crowbar. Thanks, dude. Yeah, Which, luckily. I'm calling last, you out, Brent Pope. What was, the, what was the game before? Not Man of Madon, but... Uh, uh, little hope it was a uh, little hope and luckily i only had to do that once ever mm -hmm. and <laughs> so everyone else got to play i was playing the um who is it the guy who's dating the girl you know what, okay. I'm, you know what i'm talking about yep, yep. i can't remember his name off the top of my head you don't really get to play as him for a long stretch of time and then like you get to play like five minutes all together and then at the end you're like a very important person who's yes. like fighting everyone off so yep that's kind of that, glad that's how that one rolls uh, I'll tell you, I give myself into it. Like I play with all the lights off, headphones on, zoned in, like, you know, right in front of the TV. So when these jump scares happen, even if I know they're happening, they still make me feel something inside. So I will from time to time fall out of my, fall off the chair. I will scream out loud and yelp and drop the controller. Uh, I'm not embarrassed <laughs> to admit it, uh, especially when I'm playing co-op with somebody else. Because when you, when you're in a, in a party and you're talking to somebody while you're playing and they're in a scene over there. And I'm in a scene over here and we don't know what the other person is doing. And we're trying to focus on what we're doing. So we're not exactly communicating very well. And then all of a sudden, I'll just hear from their side, just be like, oh, shit. I'll be like, oh, okay, great. What was that? He's like, don't worry about it. I'm like, oh, come on. What are you doing to me right now? Uh, and then it just gets my, gets my anxiety up even higher. What's awesome about that is, is this is something that Philip brought up to me earlier today. I had no idea that the online co-op was like that, where you're playing simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Because whenever you play locally, which did you, you did you ever get a chance to play locally? Uh, I did never played locally. I played the solo by myself, and then I also played co-op with another person, where the two scenes are happening simultaneously, whether we're together in the scene or doing two totally different mm -hmm. scenes. I'm very excited to do that. I hope maybe in House of Ash, me and Phil will be able to play that together like that because all of my experiences having four other people over at my house oh, and wow. we're all just drinking beers and eating popcorn. You're doing it right. Because I, I, I'm with a bunch of like, uh, they love horror stuff. So this is their favorite stuff. And Awesome. What I was going to say before was uh, when you're saying you jump at the jump scares, I never jump at the jump scares. I jump at my friends jumping at the jump scares <laughs> <laughs> because because I'm I'm used to the things happening in front of me. But then when they come from my sides, it's terrible. Yeah. 
Well, I, which, you know, I, I get myself into it. You know, the jump scare happens and I'm immersed, you know, like I'm just like here, my head, I got my headphones up too loud. So when the thing happens, it's usually like, you know, you're going around, you're going around face right in the camera, loud sound. <laughs> and then I'm, I will always, I'm just be like, ah, and I'll be like, and I'll just start <laughs> laughing because I'll be like, all right, you got me. You got me game. Yeah. I know your tricks and you still got me. It's fine. Yeah, I'm too scared. That's what I cannot immerse myself. I think that's what I do. I kind of just disassociate scared, the whole Steve? time. I was yeah, I won't here's be the deal. I didn't want to call going. you out for it, but I had a feeling <laughs> that yep. you know it's gonna affect you too. Let it affect you. That's where the fun is. You know you're safe at the end of the day unless there's a killer in your house. I have a I have a story about that with uh I don't about know if a killer in your house? <laughs> what is happening well, <laughs> to this show? Oh my goodness. Yeah, we we all got out alive though. Um, I had I was playing a game called Condemned Criminal Origins on the Xbox mm, 360. Classic, very awesome game. And there's a there's a classic jump scare in that game where you're in like a school or something, and there's a there's a dead body stuffed into a locker. And in that game, you're a detective. You take pictures and stuff and send it back to the lab so that they can get the evidence and everything. Well, she's like, I need to get a better picture, and I'm like, okay. So I zoom in a little bit more. And then take a picture. And then she's like, that one's bad too. Can you zoom in a little bit more? <laughs> oh, and I'm God. just like, okay. So you like have to zoom in way close to the face. And right when he does that, he grabs you. And I, my controller did like a 720 backflip out of my hands <laughs> and collided <laughs> collided with my TV. And, and these were CRT TVs back in the day. And so it it crushed my controller. Like oh, I, had, I had stick drift and I broke part of the analog stick off. And <laughs> I was it, like, though. totally worth it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how it's like from a million miles away. You can see that jump scare coming, but I had I had no idea. And I just walked right into it. It's the best. It's the best. And I yeah. went, Never again. Immerse, man. <laughs> Get, give yourself up to the games and let them affect you. That's what I say. Have fun with it. Have fun with it. Which to kind of lead it back a little bit. Uh, these are all games developed by Supermassive Games, which they have a bit of a history with these now. And they have a um, uh, what's history in the future called? Future. future history yeah they have a future history that's still being written to this very moment <laughs> what uh, are we doing <laughs> stop it so this is an anthology series correct that is As correct in, yeah they're gonna make yeah. a bunch of them uh and i would also add super massive games based out of the uk they're a british company it's terrible too because hades is coming out and that's by super giant and so i've been like i've been crossing the streams with those probably for a long time Oh, I'm not going to get over the Outer Wilds and the Outer Worlds uh, oh, issue. Yeah. Like, why would you do that, people? Come on. And they're what? both about space. Oh, no. It doesn't help. What was the game they made before these, though? This is Until Dawn. Until Dawn, PlayStation okay. exclusive. A wonderful game. A little more... I would say these games uh, are not quite as deep. They're not quite as long. They're not quite as expansive. Uh, Until Dawn is about a seven or eight hour experience. These games are more like four to five hour experiences with fewer playable characters. Um, so at the end of the day, like they're still telling good stories. Excuse me. They're still telling good stories, but it's just not quite as big and bold as Until Dawn was. It awesome. makes me very curious about how the length of the game is affected by online co-op as opposed to solo play or uh, local multiplayer. Like, did you experience... Since you, since you played it solo, I assume it's pretty close to the local co-op experience, right? Yeah, it was about the exact same running time, honestly. Uh, there's just more different scenes. And they actually have a thing where once you've beaten the game, they give you access for free to something called Director's Cut. So you could play as the B-side of the game. Uh, and you could play all the alternate scenes that your partner would have played that are all taken care of. And sometimes in order to get some of the things to happen, you have to do it that way because you yourself, just in a single experience, can't trigger an event because it has to happen in the other scene. 
now I'm just upset. <laughs> now I just want to play this this way now. Which it's crazy. They developed like almost two completely different co-op gameplay modes that you can go through. I think it's very old called, school. Uh, uh, what was it, like movie mode or no? What, what do they call it? Uh, movie night. Movie night. And movie then the night. other one is shared story mm-hmm. where you really are almost missing out on like it doesn't really hurt you. But you are missing out on tiny bits of the story when you're playing online because you might not be in the room when someone's having a scene. Mm-hmm. But then there's other parts when a character could be having a private conversation off to the side and you can still walk your character over there and pretty much hear everything they're saying. Right. A hundred percent true. The game actually, I think rewards you uh, just story wise for playing it the first side a, and then like old resident evil two, where you, you start with the other character uh, and you, you kind of flip around and then you have them play side a and you play side B and you can get like the full story that way. I'll tell you, I've played all the way through little hope. I still don't know what the heck was going on in that game. <laughs> I, st- I have not played it solo yet. And maybe I'll have better information when I do that. But as far as I can tell, that's just a, a weird game. It looks like Silent Hill. The ending yes. definitely threw me for a loop. It, it is. It's like a buff. It's like a B movie Silent Hill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think uh, whenever you play online, how do you guys settle with characters? Do you just pick your characters, take turns picking characters just like you do locally? Or do you get stuck with set characters? Oh, that way just, you're not in the same areas. It just tells you who you're going to play as. So much like Until Dawn, the scene would open and then the character's name would kind of appear like in the lower right-hand corner. That's how it works here in the in the co-op mode is when the scene starts out, you know, you might have like, I'm angry at you. Well, I'm going to think you're a jerk. And then it'll just kind of pull up on like a close-up of your character for you, you yourself, and then their name will pop up, and that's just how you know which one you're playing. Sometimes you'll have like two, three characters in a, in, an, in a conversation, and then a fourth person will walk in, and then the name appears. You're like, oh, I'm this guy. Okay, I assumed I was one of you three. I was not. And whenever you play locally, you, you just get two players, and it's like pick a character for each player. You put your name in. So it's like I put oh, Austin, I then Philip will put Philip, and then you can just add however many you want. And oh, if cool. So if you're only doing two people, then you take turns picking, and it's the same for each amount. So Oh, that's fun. Um, okay. Which is interesting because you can end up in situations where you're playing two characters who are angry at each other. And, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. and you're like, why are you doing this? <laughs> I'm making you a nice person. But um. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying and you won't let me let me I don't know, that's make you be nice time. like because me and Jana split it up and we were playing man of Madon, and I ended up with the captain and uh the guy that wanted to marry the girl I don't remember their names you know and, no, it's been a while for me yeah. but uh it's wonderful you know yeah but I know who you're talking about and they have a like sticking point where the man believes that the captain is betraying them and helping these pirates and I'm like, yeah, get them, get them. Like, I'm like egging them both <laughs> on like each time. <laughs> I always just like, it feels weird because you'll be like a total jerk to somebody in the game and you'll just be like calling them out, cussing them out. I, you, you don't belong here. You don't help the team. And then the very next thing you have to play as that person and be like, no, they really are trying. <laughs> yeah. I'm tr- I swear I'm trying. It's like, yeah, it's like this weird uh, multiple personality disorder thing happening right here where you're just like so mad at somebody, but then you're just like turning around in the same breath being like, Look, I'm doing my best. <laughs> Which the point, like to really get a pin in that uh, one thing that got me is I was like, Alex, I think is the name of the, the guy mm-hmm. uh, in that story. And at one point he said something to the captain at a whole nother scene. And I'm like, that's not what I would have made Alex say. At that uh, point. <laughs> like, I don't, are you guys encountering that? We're like, that's not my character. 
Oh, sure. In Mass Effect, it happens all the time because they only give you a brief idea of what you're going to say. And I remember the first time I ever played through, I did not mean, I was just, the, the line was something effective, like, I don't have time for this. And I'm like, I really don't. There's the fate of the world going on. So I chose, <laughs> I don't have time for this. And what does Shepard do? Pulls out his gun and shoots the dude in the face. And I was like, no, that's not, I guess that's what happened, but that's not what? No. Not but, my Shepard. So it goes. Not hashtag not my shepherd. It feels like you're like the director and you had an overly zealous actor. You're like, tell That's him, it. tell him you don't want to do it. And he's like, ah, <laughs> it's yeah. over. Perfect. Russell Crowe, you're very mad at this person. All right, I'm going to throw this phone at his head. No, Russell, you're not going to throw the phone at his head. Stop it. He did Which, it anyway. uh, un until dawn uh, or not until dawn, uh, man of Madon. Um, did you, did you get like the good ending and everything? Because I did, I did not. <laughs> I, you know what? I went through playing solo to try to like skip around and try to like force a few different things. So I got one, the good ending where everybody survives and it's a happy day and we all win and we're all high fiving. I also got the one where you, you don't, you survive, but you don't get the piece you need in order to repair your boat. So you're stuck with the, 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 the backup cavalry people coming who spoiler alert are not good people. <clears throat> Oh no! And Break. that ending is really upsetting. I will, I will just put it out there right now. Won't tell you what it is, but it's worth seeing. It's actually very hard to get that ending. You have to like intentionally screw some things up on purpose, mm. basically that you would not hopefully normally. And it gives you multiple chances to not screw it up, and you have to keep screwing it up in order to not <laughs> repair the boat. But I'll tell you, by the time I got to the end, I was broken inside at what ended up happening to these poor people. The the ending that I got, which I, I don't know what we did, but we must have screwed up multiple things up. And then there's the catalyst at the end where the guy, the he's like fighting over a, like a, a plug or something. Yes, that's the is one. Is that it? That's and then the you, piece of the boat that you need. Yeah. Yeah. That was so you're talking about the same one. Because all I remember is that once we realized <laughs> the game was over, we all just yelled at my it was my friend Jack who draw, who, who did the thing. And Drops we just yelled at him. <laughs> and then he was just like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm bad at quick time events. Yeah. <laughs> the game, I'm not even kidding. The game gives you like three different chances to save that piece. And if you just keep messing it up, like the rats bite you and it falls down an elevator shaft and then breaks <laughs> yeah. in half. And then it's just like, you dummy. That's when we were, we just <laughs> all were silent, dead silent when it broke. We were like, <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> so, oh, you found out what it means. You got the heartbreaking ending and you yeah. know what I'm talking about. Oh, Lord. In uh, in house or I always want to call it House of Ashes because there's a house that burns down in it. But um, <laughs> it's a uh, uh, little hope. Little hope. House um, of Ashes is, I believe, the third game. Mm, I'm so excited for it's it. It's not like October. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for it too. I'm going to play it as soon as I can, right? But yeah, Little Hope. And Little Hope, the ending that I well, it's not really an ending. I assume it's like like I got a generic ending. My characters, uh, who who did you have that you said that died in Little Hope? Oh man, I had one person, one person. We only lost one in our co-op game. We only lost one person. And and I will give a little a little hint here, a little clue. In Little Hope, because this is the thing we sort of learned after we lost the first one. We're like, oh, okay, <laughs> because what it is, is it, it's a game that takes place in and around kind of like a Silent Hill ghost town experience around like a witch trials. And you keep going back and forth between like the 1600s and now. And somehow all the characters from now each had clearly defined roles in the witch trials back in the 1600s. And there's a lot of crossover as you go back and forth between the two time periods. No, I don't understand what's happening still. I'm sure I'll figure it out someday or somebody will explain it to me well. 
Um, but the cool thing that happens is there's a there's basically each character has their own like trial. But that kind of makes sense, right? Salem yeah. witch trials. Each character has their own trial uh, in the form of an action scene of some kind. And what we've learned is you have to you have to just stay brave, not be stupid with taking chances, but definitely like push yourself to the limit and take it as far as is reasonable. Because as soon as you start to back down from the scary thing in front of you, that thing will murder you. So what we learned is after we lost the first character to like, okay, I think we, this is a good chance to hide from the monster instead of pushing our advantage against it. And then as soon as we did that, it's like, oh, I'm dead. So it's like, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. We're diving in against these monsters, but we're not going to push ourselves and overextend. And I think, I think that's how you keep people alive in that game. Spoiler alert. Yeah, because everyone that listens to this podcast, they're used to the spoilers just dropping <laughs> just <laughs> left and right. We don't even realize. Uh, I had both of the women died, and then the teacher died. And oh mine. boy! And so oh, we boy. only only the two like main guys survived, and the the teacher died because the person playing him kept making them a coward. Oh, and so I was oh, like, no. "You're going it. to, you're gonna." He was just like, "I'm role playing," and I'm like, "Okay." Love, He's like, "I think this guy's a coward." And so I love role playing in these games. I think the older lady is the only one who died. Uh, because she was fighting her particular monster, and again, I think we tried to run away at the wrong time. Oh, <laughs> can I can I tell you how mine died? Yes, please. Okay, so she so did she fall down a grate in yours? That seems right. Yeah. Well, she fell down a grate and she kind of ran away, and everything was fine, right? And she yep. ran off, and she was like, ah, you know, and the and you hear the scream. Did you get the gun out of that abandoned house? No, we missed the gun. We oh. missed the gun. So at the, the it, it, it all spiraled out of control from there. I'll tell you that. I'm telling you that gun is nothing but trouble, nothing oh, but no. trouble. But um, so first off, he try he tries to take a pot shot at a at a ghost while that uh the homeless drunk guys were walking oh, around. Oh boy, that and sounds the like a bad guy idea. thinks he thinks that he's shooting at him, right? So the, and then that happened. I'm not sure if that did anything later on. The second time you get to use the gun, the the teacher is like, oh shit, everyone, there's there's noises, and so you're. Uh, you're aiming the gun, and you're, he's like, "All right, he's, the, it's not the character with the gun that's taking the shot. It's the purse. It's the teacher telling him to take a shot, mm -hmm. right? That so that you right. can either be like, take the shot or don't take the shot, and, and try and run. And we're like, okay, well, let's just take the shot because we keep trying to run and it all screws up, like you were saying. Well, he takes the shot, uh -oh. and it's the girl. Oh no! And he shoots her in the freaking shadows. No, it's, I'm like. No. No, she got I'm killed like, by a it. chain tree monster or something in ours. You know, it was not uh, it was not the happiest of events. I did feel bad about it, but she was also kind of a, a jerk. So, you know, it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't lose she, any sleep. It was sad because my girlfriend was playing the old lady. And so she's genuinely sweet if you just keep making her nice. And then yeah. if you're nice back to her, because I just felt compelled to be nice to her. But not um, me. So uh, she – it was so – well, I, I don't know if they hate her, then they don't care, but they were very distressed whenever she, that happened, and the it, so it's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah I just I, I made a decision at the start of that game. I'm like, this person I'm just going to treat like garbage the entire time. I think the, the <laughs> professor guy, I said, I'm going to treat the professor like absolute garbage. He is a garbage <laughs> person and deserves to feel bad for being Dang. a terrible person. And like half the time with him, we tried to be nice, and half the time we were just like, F it. Let's just go ahead and be awful back to these people. But nobody was nice to him the whole time. <laughs> and and it felt great. I'm not going to lie. It felt it felt cathartic. He's, he's the one who got you in the situation. Yeah, technically. yeah it's your he, fault, he jerk. up the bus. I'm pretty sure I have a pretty good bearing on 
what the story is in the second game. If you want to talk more deeply on that, if you don't want to, that's fine. I want to hold um, back on this because I haven't played it solo yet. And I feel like mm -hmm, if I played okay. it solo and really focused up instead of kind of hanging out with my friend while I was playing, I'd pick up on more of the story elements. I have a general idea and I don't want to say too much because if people want to play this game, I think they should. I think it's a real fun way to blow four or five hours with some friends. Uh, so yeah. I would definitely recommend it. So I don't want to like just give it all away. I feel like what we've said so far is probably plenty enough. You're either interested or you're not. And if you don't feel like playing and you want to know the answers, the internet is a thing that now exists. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good explanation. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good time to uh, take a step back and talk about how you actually play this game because we're talking about story and this game really is story. Mm -hmm. If you played old adventure games, or not even like older adventure games, like the newer ones. Like I think my favorite one of all time has to be Wolf Among Us. Like that oh, one just got me so good. <laughs> great game. Like, you know, people talk about Telltale going down, you know, that was sad and all, you know, we missed out on a couple games coming out, but they nailed Wolf Among Us. And I'm a huge Fables fan. Well, now, I was going to say, uh, my favorite Telltale game was uh, Tales from the Borderlands. Tales from the one. Borderlands was fantastic. You know, underrated choice for Telltale because uh, they've made so many good ones, but I would say the Game of Thrones game, a lot of people didn't necessarily take a look at that one. It's a six-parter instead of a five-parter, and I would say Game of Thrones starts real, real slow. The first the first episode and the first half of the second episode, it's a little down. It's a little slow. It takes a while to get going, but halfway through episode two, that thing clicks in once they've done it, once they finally like established who these people are, where they are and what each individual, there's like five or six people you're running uh, mm. in, in, and all their stories are separate. And once you kind of, once they're able to introduce and get it going halfway through episode two, that thing starts moving and that thing starts moving fast. And it goes all the way through the remaining four and a half episodes where I was just hungering for the next one as soon as it was done. Much like when Game of Thrones was really hitting its stride, I'd want the next episode right away. And to the end where I absolutely boned that game sideways, I lost more <laughs> people than I saved. And I felt like each and every time it was completely my fault. And I just, I felt like I should apologize to these poor people. Random. This is going to derail a little bit, but um, in Mass Effect, are you playing through all three of them? That is correct. Yeah. Uh, so are you already past two? Did you do the suicide mission and everything? No, I've, I'm just at the end of part one. Oh, now, okay. I've played them all before and I've played mm. Mass Effect two, I, no less than five or six times all the way through. That's the one I really just kept going back to do again, because to me, it's just the most complete of the games. It's just so much fun. There's just so much joy to be had. And it's such a straightforward point A to point B that it's just such a delightful romp with a bunch of great stories. I could just keep going back to that one over and over. Uh, who am I kidding? When I finish one, I'm going to launch right into two. Who am I kidding? Do you remember anything about the suicide run whenever you did it? Oh, whenever you did the first time? Yes, I do. Absolutely. Do you remember exactly how it went down? Yes, I saved everybody my first time through the suicide run. I made good choices. I put the right person in the pipe. I chose the right person to do the biotics with all those little like firefly things around. I didn't take Garrus on that mission. So he didn't get stolen by the, <laughs> by the bat monsters. And, <laughs> and uh, I had enough uh, points accrued for everybody that some of the lower level tally Morden solace, they didn't die because I forgot to bring them with me. So I, for, now I've screwed it up since then, but I have aced that <laughs> test the first time I did it. And I feel like it's it's a huge matter of just trying to make the best decisions, taking your ego off the table. I think whenever I did it the first time, I didn't. It was like suicide run. Yeah, okay, whatever. The very beginning, I think I put Legion in the pipe, oh, and boy. Legion died. Oh, and I was does. like, well, he died. I was like, what? 
Well, yeah. I think because I think whoever I had before, I think whoever was opening the pipes was the wrong person. I don't remember how I how I messed it up, but somehow I let him die. And then later on, uh, Morden died somehow. I can't remember. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. I was like so attached to. <laughs> yeah. I was like Legion, I whatever. I literally just got him. I I, I, don't, I barely even know that guy. Morden though is like one of my favorite characters. You lose in Morden the whole. too. You may as well just hang up the whole thing. He's such a stud. The resolution of his of his character arc in three mm-hmm. is just so perfect and I sad. have to be the one to do it. Somebody else might screw it up. Yeah. Tears. Uh, tears. It's sad. Tears. <laughs> yeah. The only other time I felt real bad like that was because I was with Liara the whole time. Like in, in two, I didn't even do a romance because I was like, I this is this is the this is I know who I want. Oh, and great. so I went through uh, three at the end whenever, you know, all that stuff happens. And then you see the little memorial in the Normandy and Liara's putting your placard up. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I legit – and it was raining and I, I was in blankets and I just curled up in a ball. you right. And just stared at the TV right. like I'm – this hurts so bad. That's what I'm saying. Let the games affect you. Immerse yourself. Don't be <laughs> afraid to be hurt. They can only hurt you so much. What do, you think about yeah. <laughs> what do you think about this, Philip? <laughs> Philip well, has been I mean, listening to this for like four months straight. <laughs> Every time you bring it back. And I'm just like, tell me more about my uh, my space alien boys. How are they doing? How's Grunt? How's Rex? You know, the yeah. only people I cared about. Like all the people that were like normal humanoids, don't care about it. Just give me my aliens. <laughs> See, I go back to, you know, and this will be a mild spoiler, but uh, I'll go back to, uh, there was a guy I knew uh, back in my retail days when I used to run a store. And he used to come in and he was a complete dope, just a real, just a liar, just not a good person. And he would tell me about how he plays Mass Effect as a super renegade. He's a jerk to everybody. And I'm like, well, that tracks. And he's just, and he (laughs) took glee in being the most horrible human being ever. And then to the point where there's a certain mission in Mass Effect 1 where you're forced to choose between two of the characters and one will live and one will die based on your choices without saying too much. And he lied to me. This is crazy to me. And he says, I was such a renegade. I killed both of them in that moment. I left both of them behind. And I remember in the moment being like, oh, wow, man, you must have really been a renegade. And then I took a step back and thought about it for three seconds. And I was like, the game literally doesn't let you do that. What a lying piece of crap you are. I don't like you. That's basically how that one went. I watched a little bit of somebody doing a Twitch stream of the, the, like, I think they were calling it the genocide run, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like in Undertale, and they were just killing everybody off at the moment that it. they could. I've done that. And I'm before, pretty yep. sure. I'm pretty sure they got to Mass Effect Three and they couldn't upload their save because there wasn't enough characters. Let and me tell like, you. Oh. Let me tell you. I did a full run of Mass Effect Two. I did it on easy mode because I was just doing it for story, and I called the man Hardcore Shepherd, and I tried to make him the biggest renegade idiot on the planet. And his <laughs> job. In, in Mass Effect 2 was to get every single character killed that you possibly could get killed. At least, as I wasn't like looking up guides. I'm just like, I'm going to make the worst choices possible. I'm going to get loyalty of every single crew member. I'm going to do none of the upgrades. And I'm going to put wrong people <laughs> in the wrong positions on the suicide run. At the end of Mass Effect 2, I only had two characters alive with me in the party. Because if you have fewer than two, you lose the game. So in the final thing, I had Kasumi, the DLC character, and I had Samara because I figured both of them had the least amount to do in three. 
Did you you didn't kill Samara with the, on her loyalty mission? I tried to, but I didn't for whatever <laughs> reason. When I chose to do that mission, I didn't have enough points to save Morinth instead of Samara, so I just oh. had to stick with her. Unfortunately, trust me, I wanted to. <laughs> I don't know what more I could have done. I actually think you need Paragon points. Uh, not renegade points to really pull that one off because I had a, I saved it towards the end. I had a ton of renegade points and it would not let me do it. So I was blown away when I saw that. What I would start is I played the first about two hours of Mass Effect three with this character, and you just show up at all these places and it's just hi, I'm a generic Turian and I'm here to guide you through this mission. And I'm like, you're not Garrus. And then it's like, <laughs> hi, you know. I, I'm a generic Solarian scientist and I want to talk to you about the genophage. I'm like, you're not Morden Solace. And I got so frustrated that every single place I went, there were spots that should have been filled by my friends, but they were all dead. <laughs> my wall Ouch. was the biggest wall ever. And it was just, it was like, you've seen that thing where it's just like, um, uh, 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 where you have Jason Momoa and then you have the other guy from the Game of Thrones <laughs> clan. And it's like, you know, a uh, store, you know, it's like premium brand, uh, premium brand and then wish, and that's yeah. sort of how I felt. I had the wish version of all of these characters throughout the game, and I couldn't do it anymore. I just got so frustrated that I just, I just, I just walked away. Did you see the bad ending you can get in Mass Effect Two when you kill Samara and then take her daughter on and then romance her? I and have. The, it's it's very the, the, just the attention to detail is just amazing. It's I love great, it because you're told not to do it like fifty times. <laughs> you have to go out of your. You have to be like, I'm done being alive. <laughs> this is yeah. this is and, the way I want to go. And the way Shepard convinces himself is like, yeah, but I'm special. I can do this. No, you're still a human, <laughs> you idiot. All right, so, so that was Mass Effect chat. So we're getting a little late on time. So let's bring yeah. it back. Uh, quick game mechanics. So in this game, you have quick time events. From what I can tell, matter half the time, it seems. And the other half of the time, they matter an insane amount. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, like you talked about it earlier. It's like you can fail all of the quick time events until the one that counts. And then it's over. Sometimes, yeah. again, a lot of these times it doesn't matter. And it's just like a mild thing. And then other times you will die. So you just have to just do your best as you roll through the game and whatever happens, happens. One of the deaths that happened, um, it was my friend's girlfriend and they were escaping what I can only explain as a smoker from Left 4 Dead. Yep. They were so freaked out that they just they were doing totally fine all the whole night. And then in this one situation, she was so stressed out. She could not hit the quick time events. She missed like four in a row. Oh, ended up. And so she missed four in a row. Then the guy with the gun showed up and pointed the gun and she went, no, no, no. He's going to shoot me. No, 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 no. And she told him not to fire and she died. Oh, and boy. I was like. Oh, well, and that was the first legit death. <laughs> so, and so cool. we were like, oh, luckily that's pretty close to the end. So she didn't have to sit there and wait the whole time. But hey, you know what? You, you have to deal with the cards you play. If you're going to fail four quick time events in a row and then tell the person trying to save you not to save you, I guess you know where you're going. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't the first legit death. She had just witnessed him shoot the other girl. Well, okay, <laughs> so, well, that, that, that would cause me pause as well, to be yeah. fair. She thought that she'd have more chance to get away, and then it did not happen. Sometimes so. you do, and yeah. sometimes you don't. That leads right into our other mechanics, though, which is sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. Decision trees are all through this game, these mm -hmm. games. You're always making dialogue choices. Every step you take is almost a choice, too, because there's invisible trigger boxes all around the map. There is, for like a lot of jump scares, the one that got me was 
no, there's a tiny like vent on the wall. You can look through it. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what's through this vent. It looks just <laughs> like the vent that we moved earlier to get through a shortcut. This mm-hmm. is going to be cool. I go and look at it. And of course, instantly there's a big googly eyed skull that goes. Ooh, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah, more of that. I love those. Those moments are great. Like they're so cheap. They're so cheap, but they're so effective. They're they're prevalent in, in Little Hope. Almost every single time you go back in time and watch the witch trials, I'm pretty sure every single time you go back and watch a witch trial, it is preceded by a jump scare of a ghoulie ghoul grabbing your arm. Yes. And it's so it's so cool because if you pay attention, I'm not sure how much you see online, like since you're separated, but when you if like they every time they get grabbed, they jump and freak out. And if you're paying attention, like you'll see other characters run up and touch them real quick, so that they can be included in the in yes. the flashback. Yes, they're like, oh no, he's being grabbed because they don't see the the jump scare happening. But they'll run up and it's but really. But they see something's happening, and then all of a sudden you have three people going to the past together to try to figure it out. That's called good teamwork. They're trying to they're trying yeah. to collaborate. Yeah, it's all like it's it. it takes two. Y'all, as soon as I finish Mass Effect 1, I'm going to have to go back and play through Little Hope again. I need to finish my solo playthrough. Heck, I'm going to start it over again, and I'm going to figure out what the heck's going on, because if I remember right, the ending is sort of a little bit left field, and I'm sort of like, and it, I just didn't want to think about it anymore at the end of the day, because <laughs> I think if I really it's, sat down and thought about it, I could have pieced it out, but now I'm just like, I, what? Oh, okay, fine. And then I just one, walked away. One huge thing was that I think you guys completely missed because you didn't have the gun was uh, that guy comes back. And I don't know if that happens if you don't have the gun. Did that guy ever come back and like yell at you guys like, yes. before the end? Yes. What did he say? Do you remember? I do not remember for the life of me. No, he came back. He was yelling some stuff I did not understand. That's for sure. Because mm. whenever he whenever he came back, he was like, they're coming. Everyone was like, of course, the fucking ghouls are everywhere. And I'm sitting there thinking, I think he's talking about the cops. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I But I, of course, the ending still threw me for a complete loop. But at that moment, I was like, wait a minute. Something's wrong here. Yeah. Something different's happening that I'm that we're all just fucking glazing over. It, it also I also probably finished the game. Um, at a, at a certain late night intoxication level that I probably wasn't ready to do some deep level mm. thinking. So I think that may have played into it as well. Which if you guys are, if you listeners are uh, planning on playing this, if you can get a couple of friends together, get some popcorn, some beers or some That's wine, whatever it. you want to do. It's fantastic. It's, it's such a roller coaster, and it's great. Don't be afraid to yell at each other for your decisions, but also don't, do not kneel to the public you role play how you need to you do <laughs> yeah, what the character it's so much more fun especially oh. if everyone's getting mad at you and that you were asking about role playing before i love the idea of you first see somebody and you just make a snap decision on how you want to play them and then you're faithful to that decision no matter what through the entire game i'll often do that with some of these bethesda games the fallout games i'll often just like choose a persona at the very start of the game and just mm. ride it through to see how far we go um, I was doing a recent, uh, maybe a year ago, I did a Fallout 3 playthrough where I decided for whatever reason that my character was a super libertarian of all things. And so he was very much going to be anti-government. But when he when he got out of the vault, the first thing he saw was that uh, drone thing playing the, the message of uh, President Eden. And he said, oh, okay, I think he's going to be a sympathizer to the Enclave. 
And then when he's being attacked by the Enclave later, it was because they just they just didn't understand. And he was making excuses for them in my head. So he was trying very hard not to fight them and just run away from them. And so when it came time to like do the thing, he's like, yes, President Eden, it's an honor. Yes, you're a computer robot. Who cares? Uh, President Computer, sure. And so he was willing to do all the things for the Enclave the whole time, but also uh, just doing in each individual situation, it was like, I am about personal liberty. If you want to eat other people, that is your town's right, Anvil. Okay. <laughs> Don't eat me, of course. It sounds like a Monty Python sketch. <laughs> like oh, a absolutely. Really long... <laughs> yeah. and I, I think these games are so much more rich and so much more fun when you when you put limitations on yourself and when you make choices and then you you commit to them the whole way through. I think that's a lot more fun. Like I remember, me and Philip both did simultaneous playthroughs of uh, Elder Scrolls IV: Oblivion, where uh, we were both hunters. So sure. we would we would just be we killing. Play the, we yeah. were playing as hunters, just not progressing in the story at all. Just just pretending we're in the same game, like it's like it's ESO. This is way back in the day. Here. I'm taking the shot, take him down. <laughs> be like, oh, that was a clean shot. Go check it out. Love it. Uh, guys, so, I got about five more minutes and I'm going to need to jump. So uh, uh, I don't want to push anybody. This has been a blast, uh, but I do have a little bit of a time limitation. So I just want to make you guys aware of that. Perfect. I was about to bring that up. So whenever we get near the end of the reviews, we usually go for in for our final words. So I think this would be a great chance. Say you got, you know, looks like three more minutes or whatever. What would you say to the public or our co-op partners at home about the dark anthologies? Oh, I say play them. Look, if you're a fan of story-based games, if you're a fan of co-op games, and you're a fan of kind of the horror idea of a horror game, then you should absolutely be checked. You should have already checked them out, quite frankly. If you're a fan of all three of those things, I, and you haven't checked this out, I would question, like, you obviously just didn't know about it. Like, and maybe we could introduce the concept to you because these games are wonderful uh, and there's multiple of them to play and multiple stories to be had and some great co-op experiences. You know, personally for me, uh, because you could play with a second person and do A and B stories simultaneously for both of these games, I just play it on Xbox. We get in the Xbox party with a friend and then especially a friend that you could be cagey and silly with and then just have fun with it and just yell at each other and hide things and, 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 and say things like my friend Brent would do. And he'd just be like, oh, shit. And I'd be like, what's wrong? And he's just like, oh, don't worry about it. And no, 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 I'm worried about it. Like, he's not going to tell me. So, you know, I, it's it, that makes it more fun. It makes it more of a, a communal experience, which is what I think these games are really intended to be. They're very cheap as well. They're 30 bucks. So if you and a friend buy it, 60 bucks altogether. And I think Man of Madon is on Game Pass right now. I Man of Madon is free on Game Pass. That's why I checked it out in the first place is because I saw it on there. I looked at the picture and I'm like, well, there's a skull on there. There's Sean Ashmore. I'm probably going to enjoy <laughs> this. And I did. Yeah, and they're they're not that hard either. Like they're no, they're they're pretty easy to get through and they're pretty short. So it's it's definitely worth it, especially if you have Game Pass. There's no there's no excuse no There's even no if you ideas. suck at games you're gonna get an ending you might save mm. some people accidentally you know it's fine like it, it's, it's okay because the game is intended to be played multiple times so you shouldn't stress out about anything or worry about your decisions just make decisions and have fun with it i mean ignore how my playthrough went because the only the only people that survived were the two gamers and the three non-gamers died well, but <laughs> right. yeah. it's fun it's it's still very funny when it, the the teacher died in a way like it was not their fault i mean it was their fault for their decisions the whole time because i remember they made him a coward but it there were no quick time events he just died and so i was like no, oh, all right well fair. that's kind of depressing 
Well, right, you right. did it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on the pod. That was Absolutely. very well said. I want to encourage our co-op partners at home to go out and check out some of these other pods. Uh, do you want to go? Do you want to plug it? Yeah, absolutely. Let me tell you about the shows here. Uh, you can find me on three podcasts because I have a problem. So you first off, you can find me on the Who Would Win show, which is, again, fictional characters, superheroes, movie characters, anime characters, video game characters. We, Me and my co-host, James Gavsey, we postulate and do three rounds of Lincoln-Douglas-style debates. Uh, who would win a fight between these two characters? And then we have a special celebrity judge on each episode to help us like figure it out and then give us a decision at the end. That's the Who Would Win show or just look up who would win show wherever you find your podcasts. Additionally, knowing is half the podcast, the GI Joe recap show. If you're a fan of old cartoons, if you're a Gen Xer like me, then you can absolutely have a lot of fun with it. Uh, we look back with it with snarkily fresh, but delighted eyes on eighties and nineties cartoons featuring GI Joe. We're actually right about to start doing the new masters of the universe on Netflix. And we're going to watch all five of those. Uh, and do those for the show as well. So you're going to hear all about that. And then the third show is the newer show that we just started, a little bit of a looser, low-key format, My Three Dads. It's myself, Marshall Gibbons, and Robert Clark Chan. And we talk about, each of us has small kids. And so we talk about being a father, being a parent. And we also talk about cartoons that are aimed at smaller kids or kids' shows, per se. So we've talked about shows like Bluey, Sesame Street. Uh, we just watched one called Pui Pui Molkar, on Netflix, which is one of just, just don't know anything about it. Just watch an episode. It's like eight minutes long. And then after you'll be done, you'll be like, what the F did I just watch? I don't know. <laughs> That's great. That sounds awesome. Which, uh, yeah, that was the, that was the thing. I really wanted to talk more about that. What is it? Uh, who would win? Cause I, w I was just having so much fun. I know at the beginning I was, whenever the first podcast first started, I was a little, jarred because i was like oh philip this guy is like way funnier than we are so oh, no. i'm like having a problem i'm like having a problem like i, I feel need to be funny and, and it's not working but uh it really we warmed up towards the middle so it's good but well, thank, you. I, thank you i was i was very excited because of all the crazy matchups i just scrolled down looking at all of them i was like this is this is something that i really want to pay attention to so heck yeah definitely and go check that out that's the cool thing all the shows are evergreen you know in season one we were experimenting with the format a lot and so it doesn't necessarily sound a lot like our current shows do where we've kind of settled on a format but if there are any of those matchups or any specific characters like we've done at this point what 131 ish episodes Holy uh crap. most recent uh when we recorded this is he-man versus kratos there's got to be somebody in there that you like, somebody in there you want to see repped, and then you have a rooting interest in the episode because you want your character you like to win. So it's all built right into it. There's something there for everybody if you're into this sort of geek culture, you know, character-based stuff. And if you, in case we never brought it up in that show, you, they, you guys, do you guys always bring up a guest judge? Every or time. Is it every time? Every time. That's awesome. So yeah, they'll we, have we, a guest judge, and so it's uh, Ray and uh, who was the person that you uh, were with? James Gavsey. It's both of them arguing for each side, so it's very it's very fun because they're clearly they clearly like each other a lot and they know what they're gonna say. It usually seems like so, it's it's good. We put it's way too advantage. much time into researching the show, so oftentimes there's very little the other person's going to say that we aren't prepared for. I'll say that. Because <laughs> gotcha. you, uh, whenever you brought up the uh, he brought up the moon, you're like, I knew you were gonna talk about that. I have like <laughs> five different points. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was ready for that moon point. I'll put you put it out there. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for coming out and joining us as a co-op partner. I know you got stuff to be getting back to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, guys, thank you so much. It's been a blast. Uh, I appreciate both of you so much. And, you know, whatever we can do to help each other out, Signal Booster Show, we're going to make an effort to do so. All right. 
All right, thanks. That's unbelievable. Thank you. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Have a good one. All right, let's take a break. And we're back. So thanks, Ray, for joining us. And while we were on our break, Nave really got into it with who would win type situation. Yeah, it's the one that we brought up uh, at the beginning of the podcast, back when I was tripping over my own fucking tongue. Basically, what was going on on Twitter was there was a fight between who would win between Kratos and Doomslayer. I was definitely on team Kratos for a while, and we were talking about it. I was like, why aren't we recording right now? And so, because we fucking paused it whenever we whenever we went to go talk to Ray. <laughs> what well, were we arguing we have about? more time. Because we were definitely pressed for time earlier. Who do you think would actually win, Nave? Like Ray was saying, I, I'm I'm pretty influenced influenced by the arguments. Being whenever I went into it, because this was like a few weeks ago, which will be like many weeks ago when this comes out, actually. I was like, obviously Kratos wins because he's killed like gods, right? He killed all the gods. He's crazy he's crazy strong. But Doom Slayer basically kills God and the devil also. And Doom Slayer has guns. And Doomslayer's never died, and Kratos has died three times. Okay. Every time Kratos dies, he just fights his way out of Hades. And then I saw someone tweet, well, Kratos has never fought his way out of Hades while Doomslayer was rampaging through it. And I was like, oh, shit. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think, Philip? I mean, that's pretty good. Because that was my thought is, like, he dies in, like, every game and always fights his way back up. It's usually, like, one of the more... the theatrical moments in a game that's very theatrical is him escaping from Hades. So yeah. I was going to like my initial just hearing it. I'm like, Oh, Kratos all day. Like he's got the legend of Zelda backpack of infinite items, which the Doomslayer also has. So I don't know where I was going <laughs> to bet where he's got like, I got 19 guns and I can hold them all in one pocket where Kratos is like, Oh, I got a Medusa head. I got the power to call the lightning down from the skies. He's got it all too. It's a very tough call, but I still got to fall back on my boy Kratos. The thing with the Doomslayer is it's like, it depends on how the fight happens, right? So it's like, Definitely. Kratos can like slow down time, but not for very long. If I'm, if I remember correctly, he can like slow down time for everyone but him. Doomslayer has a sniper rifle and a Gauss cannon and a yes. BFG. And it's like, I've never seen Kratos get shot by a bullet before, but I've seen him getting impaled by a sword. And so I know a sword can, I mean, it was, of course, it was like a super magical sword and whatever. Yeah. But Kratos has never fought a bullet before. I am almost inclined to say that Doom Slayer's faster. He Except I doesn't Kratos, wait, now that I've just let, now that those words left on my mouth, doesn't Kratos have like Hermes boots that make him run fast? Slight, like in short bursts? I don't I remember. Don't that I don't know like enough. The PSP game or something. Yeah, I've played them all, so they all just fucking merge in my head. But I mean, all of them except for the newest ones, which I it's a fucking travesty. I should definitely do that. But I don't know enough information, but I was definitely swayed towards Team Doom, Doom Slayer. Well, now you're swaying me. I also feel swayed. All right, well, what else do we got on the fucking docket? Uh, let's see. Uh, did you want to say some final words about um, Man of Madon and... Uh, hope fears or little little fears hope what was it called little hope yeah well i mean i think i slipped it in like as he was leaving i just threw my opinion in there towards the end and yeah the the, the games are cheap they come out every october for like the next five years there come there's going to be a game coming out every october the next one house of ashes is about the united states military during the invasion of iraq it's really fucking interesting i doubt there's going to be anything past that I think I think it's like this is the setting. It's very like a controversial setting, but then it's just spooky. It's just spooky uh Scooby Doo Town. 
Spooky Town, yes. For the spooky and month. The games are very fun. It's a good turn your brain off and just have a fucking goofy time. It's like going to the movies, basically, like we've mentioned a couple of times. I mean, having in, having the local co-op mode be called Movie Night is like, that. that's exactly what you're getting here. Like, get a couple of friends, a couple of horror movie buffs, and they're going to fucking love it, even if they're not that good at the game. Or, or games in general, because it's mostly just walking in a straight line, picking stuff up occasionally, and then occasionally there's a fucking monster trying to break your neck. And then you have to press the right buttons. And unfortunately, if you play the PlayStation and you try to press X instead of A or something, <laughs> then it's like, you know, I mean, it's a triangle instead of like A, you know what I mean? It's like, there are some moments like that where... They were like, oh, I'm used to... Because that's when Jack... Uh, remember when we were talking about Man of Madon? There's a moment where you could fuck everything up, and Jack fucked it all up. And I think it's because he plays on the PlayStation and the computer, so he's like, oh. Every time a quick time event happened, he'd have to quickly look down at the controller oh, no. and then hit the button and look back up. It was like, oh, no, well... Nice. If I had to say a few words about it, I would say that... I haven't played enough of it, and I want to play some more, but I would recommend this to anybody... That likes horror because I sat down and I was like, this, this episode just can't dropped out of nowhere, by the way. Uh, we literally reached out to Ray and we're like, Hey man, we like your pod. You know, you got some good stuff. You want to talk about co-op games? And he was like, yes, I do. And I want to talk about dark anthology. I'm like, Oh crap. <laughs> like this is happening <laughs> so fast. And he's like, you ready in like two days. And I'm like, Oh, we'll be ready. But this was back. Like I was also like, Oh crap. I'm about to go take my, you know, security plus certification test that I've been studying for the last four months for. So I'm like really sweating it and I'm about to drive, you know, three hours back home. But I was like, you know, whatever, we'll just do it, which I passed my test. I'm now security certified to do, stop cyber crimes. Which the thing about that was whenever Philip messaged me, he's like, hey, some he's like, hey, can we do a podcast on Wednesday? Or Well, he was like, hey, can we do a podcast? I was like, yeah, here's my general schedule. I was like, Wednesday would probably be the easiest day for me, or Tuesday. And he was like, and he's like, well, we need to do it Wednesday. And I was like, oh, all right, well, that's fine. And I, I woke up Tuesday morning, incredibly hungover, and went, the podcast is today. And so I set everything up. Yeah, I was so confused. I set everything up. I went into the Google Doc, and there was nothing. So I'm like, damn it, Philip. And so I fucking, fucking <laughs> filled the whole doc up, like... Like I never do the fucking notes, really. I do. I put a little bit of notes, but I put so much notes in there. And then I had Zencaster open for like two hours because my Zencaster's always screwing up, and so I just keep refreshing it till it's fixed. And then I go, I'm just leaving it like this. I went and played some games and realized it was Tuesday and not Wednesday. And so I was like messaging Philip, like I thought the podcast was today. <laughs> I'm going back to bed. Like it was so stupid. Yeah, I remember like I ended up getting on Xbox to talk to you and we were chatting and stuff. And then I'm like, yeah, you know, like, oh, it's going to be good. Well, I'll catch you later, dude. And you're like, oh, OK, bye. And I'm like, wait, do you think <laughs> we were going to pregame the pod? Because usually, you know, we, we talk for a little bit before the pod gets going to make sure we got all our ducks lined up. And I just leave. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I guess because you had just gotten back home. So I was like, oh, I guess he's got like a lot of shit to do or something. I don't know. Great. I'll just fucking finish the rest of it, <laughs> but I'm just so stupid. A little look uh, behind the curtain for you uh, co-op partners at home about the pod. But back to Man of Madon. I came in, I'm like, yeah, we're going to get some game in because I'm talking about this game in less than a day. 
And I'm like, let's play it. I was like, Jana, you're going to play this with me? And she was like, yeah, I'll play it with you for the pod. And I'm like, awesome. So we both sat down and she was like, oh, I hate horror games. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, it's not that bad. And this game isn't as scary as I thought it was going to be, even though I did have a couple of moments of jump scares. But it really is like a rompy horror adventure. And what blew my mind is watching. I didn't have time to go out and buy Little Fears. Or was it Hope? Little Hope. Hope. Little Hope. Little Hope is... What's the other game that's like little little nightmares or something? Little like that? nightmares. Yeah. It's like yeah, two D game. Yeah. So, anyways, so I just watched um one of my favorite YouTubers did like a stream of it, and I remember being so impressed by having one guy's playing um like a girl upstairs who's watching like a little witch girl or something like that, very spooky. Meanwhile, the other guy's downstairs where his uh, unstable mom and dad are like he's the dad's like a drunk. And the mom is like, I don't know, in the other room crying because their family's not having a good time. But anyways, he goes and he's like, I'm going to start. Some These are not spoilers. This is like the tutorial part. Yeah, This is like game. the first things he goes and he's like, I'll just start some tea or whatever, some coffee. And he lights the fire. And this is literally like the first 10 minutes, by the way. No spoilers. But anyways, he ends up getting locked out of the house and he sees that the other character is locked out of the house on the balcony upstairs. And they're like, well, what are we going to do now? And next thing you know, the house is on fire. And the other guy's like, why is the house on fire? Because he wasn't downstairs to see him start the start the coffee with a um, like a gas burner. And I'm like, that is incredible to have a horror game where you're just like, OK, I'm dealing with this creepy little girl. Oh, she locked me out on the balcony. Oh, the house is on fire. What's fantastic is that beginning part. You're constantly only playing the guy who's like downstairs. You never play the girl. So really? that's very cool. That makes me wonder how the girl got locked outside. Now I assume the rest of the campaign is the same. <laughs> like, I mean, like it's, it's just generally the same, except things are happening simultaneously rather than we're just sitting there watching it happen. Cause basically whenever you're all playing locally, say like player three is playing right now, right? Everybody else is just sitting there watching them play and like just socializing and doing whatever. Right. And then whenever they're done, the screen goes to black and then it goes, maddie pick up the controller and then you just hand it off to maddie and then maddie's like okay now i'm playing you know what i mean i don't think this ever happens in the first in in man of medan i don't even know that's how it's pronounced because that guy made me doubt myself but um (laughs) in uh, little hope there are moments where multiple people are going through like a like a panic state or like doing a bunch of quick time events i assume when you're online that you both are doing your own quick time events but in the game the way it was you would be doing the quick time events and then it would slow motion over and it would be like, it would be like Maddie. And then there was never really enough time to rely. Cause we're all sitting very far away from each other in our living room. And our living room is pretty large. Whoever had the controller just goes, okay, I hope I don't kill Maddie. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to have to do these fucking quick time events, which luckily no one ever got killed that way. And when it, and it's like two of the times that it ever happened, I was holding the controller. So it was like, okay, well I'm going to fucking nail these quick time events. It doesn't matter. But Time to put those rock band skills to the test. Yeah, you basically. Press a to the heartbeat. Which is hilarious. He fucking can Ray called out his friend with with the heartbeat thing. And I fucking did the same thing every single oh, time man. it popped up. I saw I would be like a and I'm a and just instantly fail it. I'm like oh, <laughs> damn it. All right. It's just a reflex. So are you ready to get to our writer feedback? Or writing? Yeah. And we have none. What? <laughs> 
We actually have writer feedback this time. Here, you can I do want... the first one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this one is from our friend William from the Le- uh, Legend of Zelda, from the Left 4 Dead episode. He wrote in on July 17th with this email. And the best part is totally we had nothing to do with this this just happened this way it ended up in our spam folder and so we got another we were i was looking for some other email like a like a like we were registering for something i don't remember and philip was like why don't you just check the spam folder and i went and checked the spam folder and saw this extra email and i was like what is this and i clicked on it and there it was so this is williams write-in from what is this a month ago yes It says, at the end of the last three episodes, you say, the next episode will be on Destiny, but time and time again, you lie. Where is it? Love, Bungie Fanboy 2013. Well, we did that episode a long time ago, and the episode before this is also about Destiny, so... We've since done two Destiny episodes. We're sorry. We hope we made it up to you, William. Actually, I'm pretty sure William got... Didn't he get banned? (laughs) Didn't we ban him a few episodes ago? I can't remember. Probably. No, we did over the backpack thing. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't. It'll, I don't remember. Okay. Well, uh, we had another write-in. Why don't you do this one? Uh, yeah, this one's from our childhood friend JP, and he said, "Have we tried Hunt Showdown? It's an acquired taste, and he recommends it." So Hunt Showdown's fucking awesome. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Have you played it? No. Is that like the Gears of War horror game or something? No, uh, Hunt Showdown. Okay, I'm pretty sure I'm thinking of the same game. Hunt Showdown is like Dark Souls aesthetic on a on a first person shooter, I believe. It's like a combination of like Call of Duty Warzone, you know, like the battle royale, but yeah. it also has like NPCs, like kind of like how League of Legends has like Baron and Dragon and stuff. Yeah. So there, you have multiple teams in a giant map. You're all hunting large beasts, and the objective is to kill the large like basically it's like a little miniature raid boss basically and once you kill him you get like a token or something like you you basically like got something and that shows that you got the kill whatever well the objective after that is to leave in one of like 20 designated exit points in the map with your team there are multiple ways you can go about playing this game and you can legitimately try and hunt the monster which you have to go around getting clues and everything and everyone has the same clues on their map so people are it's pvp so like if you see each other you're going to kill each other well you're you're running around collecting clues fighting zombies and everything right Uh, fighting zombies and all kinds of different monsters and then once you kill the big raid boss you want to get out well, you can also wait at clues or wait at – if you get all the clues, you can go to the monster and wait for someone else to try and kill the monster and then go and kill them. It's really cool because like once you start – when you're playing the game, you start hearing gunshots. It's it's just like Warzone where you're like, oh, shit, that was kind of like Northwest of Us, wasn't it? Well, let's just go over there and see if we can get those kills. You know what I mean? Because I'm pretty sure if you kill everybody, something happens too. I don't remember. There's a bunch of people in this map if I remember correctly. But it's, it's really fun. And I played it with Madeline for a while. This is one of those rare games that Maddie saw and she was like, I want to play this because it, um, it looks really cool. Like the aesthetic and everything. That's why I was like, it's, it looks like, as soon as I started saying Dark Souls, people were like, you're fucking wrong! Because it's nothing like Dark Souls. But um, it looks like a Dark Souls, like instead of being medieval, it's like, what's right up? What's the next step? Well, you know, where people are wearing like Plague Doctor masks and shit. 
You know what I mean? Oh, is that kind of like Renaissance-y type? Renaissance, thing? yeah, that's it. So it's kind of like that. Like you're you're you've got like crossbows, but you've got like guns too, like like really old timey guns. Yeah. It it's it's really fucking uh immersive. You know what I mean? The sound effects and all and the aesthetic of the game in general. Like you, there are swamps and boats and stuff. And there are multiple times when you're like, we're like, okay, we hunted the thing. We we just need to get out of here. And there are two like groups of people waiting for us to show up and we get ambushed we get ambushed and then the ambushers get ambushed because no one knows who's got the fucking thing but the only reason why you would be coming here was either to ambush or to leave the place with the fucking monster trophy so it's very cool i would like i would like it to be on record too that maddie who is not a gamer at all got a kill before i did I she got first blood before I did. Dang, calling her up for not being a gamer. You said she was a Animal Crossing fan, right? Oh yeah, the I know the MLG Animal Crossing community just really got upset with me just now. Basically, m- me and Maddie were stalking people. We lost them in like a village, and so I went ahead and tried to kill. Like I went ahead to see where they were. Ended up in a fight, and I shot and downed one of them. Or no. I just shot one of them. And Maddie was like, Austin, there's someone coming up behind you. And I was too busy fighting the other guy. And the guy can't like climbed up the ladder and killed me. Oh, this is another interesting thing. You get like randomly generated characters and these characters have permadeath. So yeah. they get their own like skill trees and stuff. It's like a roguelite in that where they get their own skill trees, but they also spawn with their own weapons. So my guy had like a blunderbuss and Maddie had like a fucking sniper rifle. So that's how we were playing the very first match was I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be a lot closer because I had like a pistol and a sniper rifle. But Maddie had – I mean I had a pistol and a shotgun and Maddie had the sniper rifle. So she was like hiding in the bushes. Like literally she was, pr- she was prone in the bushes and they didn't see her. Like they were running all around her. So like there's – like it's pretty fun. It's a good stuff. Wow. It's good stuff. You really sold it on me just in that like five-minute description. Is this free to play? No. I oh. think it's like 30 bucks. Mm. Too rich but. for my blood. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, JP. Maybe next time. It is very fun, though. Not cooperative at all, but it is very fun. <laughs> all right. Not that that's stopping us for any reason. So speaking of co-op games, what's going to be our next episode, Dave? Well, we got good news, actually. You want to tell them the good news? Yes. All right. Um, tell yeah, them the good wh- news. Wait, what's the good news? The good news Jesus is you're not in a hotel. <laughs> you're not in a hotel anymore, any- oh, Philip. Yeah, I'm back home. So that means my internet doesn't have a restrictive NAT which means we can now connect on any game, which is very nice because maybe we can actually play some Warhammer games. I was hoping uh, you'd say Overcooked. Oh, Overcooked. No, I was thinking Vermintide. Yeah, I want to play Vermintide as well. Oh, dude, we've got... Oh, we got Back for Blood coming. We can play Vermintide now. Oh, man. So many games. Uh, So so many two games. That, and we still got old um, PSO2 still in the barrel waiting to be... um, fired i guess yep Yep. we're sitting on a whole lot of people that want to be on the podcast which i sounds that sounds like i said it in a negative way but it's only negative in a way that i don't know how to schedule all of this shit so it it just we just take it as it comes essentially but um it was like two days ago we had including ray like three people line up to be on the pod and i'm like oh man I just I even made like a a sticker board to-do list on google i'm like these people need to be scheduled at some point yeah 
and, and you, I, you wrote what is this on the board yeah i didn't know what it was uh i'd never seen that before in my life and i have friends like i have uh my friend aaron who i've brought up like eight times especially every time destiny comes up i bring him up that uh he wants to do gears of war 4 and then i have i have my friend jacob who wants to do like borderlands or something and then i have my friend oh fuck it's all fucking flooding away out of my head now but put it on the board no i'm just gonna keep it in my brain until <laughs> until Look at, i fucking figure I love out what I having want. guests on the pod like getting to hear people's co-op memories like this is what the pod is all about you know yeah and even though it's very awkward for the first like 10 minutes every every single time so far it's really it really gets rolling and it's just so fucking fun all right is there anything you want to say to the co-op partners before we call it mm, drink water yep well thanks for joining us today co-op partners and maybe we can play some games together next time see ya bye bye